Hey, this is the Kentucky Guy, and thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Today's episode, we talk about lab-grown meat that could be actually available in our restaurants in 2023. We all we also talk about the unclassified classified document found at Vice President Mike Pence's home in Indiana. Many other discussions on several other topics this week on this episode. So once again, thank you for tuning in and you're listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Thank you all. Ah-ha! <laughs> All right, and welcome to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I am your truth seeker, the truth finder, award-winning host, the Kentucky Guy. And I hope everybody's having a fantastic day today. It is a very, very chilly day here in the great state of Kentucky. If this is your first time listening to the show, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button no matter which platform you're listening to us from we're on all major platforms now including spotify apple itunes amazon music pandora iHeartRadio, and the list goes on also for you wrestling fans i do co-host against the mat wrestling podcast with donny cage we drop new episodes there every monday and friday Right here, we drop new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Sometimes we do run a little bit late when certain things happen. However, we do try to give you at least two shows a week. All right. So if you ever want to be a guest on the show or have any questions for me, you can always email me at OLKentucky, spelled out, OKentucky99 at Yahoo.com. That's OKentucky99 at Yahoo.com. All right, folks. So. If this is your first time listening to the show, basically what we do here is we talk about current news, politics, all that good stuff. Sometimes we do have special guests on from different walks of life. If you missed the last interview that we did with uh, the Holistic Healer, be sure to check that out a couple episodes again. One thing that we do on this show that's maybe different from other shows is when you get done listening to this episode, you're more than welcome to listen to another one. And another one. And another one. And another one. No limit. No limit. No limit for this month only, okay? You can listen to many of these episodes you want. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the geopolitical, political, economic collapse in this beautiful, big, crazy world of ours. First headline. And this is a big one, folks. Pfizer executive, mutant COVID via direct evolution for company to continue profiting off of vaccines. COVID is going to be a cash cow for us. Quote, this is not what we say to the public. People won't like that. Don't tell anyone. So basically what this was is an undercover uh, journalist went on a, what the, uh, from, they're from, uh, oh my goodness, they're from Virtus, Virtus? Artists, journalists, yeah, they were from there, and they went on a a date. I guess it was supposed to be a date with a guy named Walk, 
who's the Director of Research and Development of Strategic Operations for Pfizer. You know, the people that made the jab? Yeah. So basically, the, the guy Walker, Jordan Walker, had no idea that this guy was from Virtus and that he was a journalist and that he was recording him. And boy, oh boy, we found out some interesting things due to this research. Now, I do have to give Project Virtus, I have to give them Virtus, I, <laughs> I have to give them all the credit uh, for this, and I really appreciate them and all the work that they do. So let's, uh, let's get in, let's go on to this, okay? So one of the things, and this is quote, this is quote from Josh, or Jordan Walker, Pfizer Director of Research and Development, quote, one of the things we're exploring is like, we don't, we don't, we just mutate it ourselves so we could create, preemptively develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's, there's a risk of like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. Of course, he cussed when he said that. Also, Walker, quote, don't tell anyone, promise you won't tell anyone, the way in the experiment would work is we would just put the virus in monkey and we would successfully cause them to keep infecting each other and we collect serial samples from them. Walker again, quote, you have to be very controlled to make sure that this virus, COVID, that you mutate doesn't create something that just goes everywhere, which I suspect is the way the virus started in Wuhan. To be honest, it makes no sense that this virus popped out of nowhere. It's BS. Quote, from what I've heard, this is from Walker also, is that uh, Pfizer scientists are optimizing it, the COVID mutation process. But they're going to slow because everyone is very cautious. Obviously, they don't want it to accelerate, accelerate it that much. I think they are also just trying to do it as an exploratory thing because you obviously don't want to advise that you are figuring out our future mutation. Walker also told the Virtus uh, journalist that COVID has been instrumental for Pfizer's recent business success. Wow. Quote from Walker. Part of what, part of what the Pfizer scientists want to do uh, to some extent is to try to figure out, you know, how there are all these new strands and variants that just pop up. So it's like trying to catch them before they pop up and we can develop a vaccine prohibitively like for a new variant. So that's why they like do it controlled in a lab where they say this is the new eptum and so it does come out later in the public. We already have a vaccine work. The journalists quote, oh my God, that's perfect. Isn't that the best business model though? Just control nature before nature even happens itself, right? Walker, quote, yeah, if it works, the journalist, quote, what do you mean if it works? Walker, quote, because some of the times there are mutations that pop up that we are not prepared for, like with Delta and uh, Omicron and things like that. Who knows? Either way, it's going to be a cash cow. COVID is going to be a cash cow for us for a while going forward, like obviously. Journalist, quote, well, I think the whole research of the viruses and mutating it, like, would be the ultimate cash cow. Walker, quote, yeah, it'd be perfect. 
quote, Walker went on to explain, not quote, sorry, Walker went on to explain how big pharma and government officials, such as the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, have mutual interests and how that it is not in the best interest of the American people. Quote, Big Pharma is revolving door for all government officials. Journalists, wow. Walker, quote, in any industry though, so in the big, in the pharma industry, all the people who review our drugs, eventually most of them, will come work for the pharma companies. And in the military, defense government officials eventually work for defense companies afterwards. Journalists, quote, how do you feel about the revolving door? Walker, quote, it's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. It's bad for everyone else in America. Journalist, quote, why is it bad for everyone else? Quote from Walker, because when regulations reviewing our drugs know that once they stop regulating, they're going to work for the company. They are not working to be as hard towards the company that's going to give them the job. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And that is, that is breaking news. And you see, you have to remember something. Vaccines have been around for a long, long time. A long time. And at the New World Order, right? Now, that, that's the end of that conversation. I'm, I'm talking here. At the uh, World Economic Forum, I call it the New World Order Gathering. When they were there, they talked about eventually combining the flu vaccine with the COVID vaccine. My God, we don't know what they're giving us to put in our bodies. Now, I've never took, I, I don't take the flu vaccine. I took it one time and had the worst flu I ever had in my life, and I never did take it again. And I definitely don't plan on ever taking it now. I mean, there's been so many, this all started way back when with FDR and the polio vaccine. But you didn't have people dropping dead everywhere, unlike the COVID vaccine. And don't don't say that I'm a conspiracy theorist or, or what have you. Just turn on the news. Turn on the world news. Even the mainstream media. People are dropping dead. Athletes. Athletes. One of the healthiest people on earth who train every day are dropping dead. Soccer players, football players, college, all the way to the pros. There's something wrong, folks. That was not the norm. Yeah, I don't care what mainstream media tries to act like now. That's not the norm. And it's not just in America. It's all over the world. It's scary. Once again. Do not say I told you so to anyone who took the vax that's seen us now because I'm sure they're scared. Be there for them. And most of all, if you're able to, pray for them. This is sad. This is sad. I don't want to, I didn't want to be right about that at all. Proof's in the pudding. And we're only, we're only two years out. Imagine, you know, my saying was always, we don't know what this stuff's going to do to us five years from now. We're just two years and we see what's happening. And there's still stupid people still pushing this vaccine and boosters and crap with all these people dropping dead. It's a shame. Next headline. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is urging the U.S. military to prepare for war with China. Interesting. In an interview with Breivart News on Saturday, Pompeo applauded a memo obtained by NBC News from Air Mobility Commander Leader General Mike Minhan that predicted war with China over Taiwan. Quote, I hope, I hope I am wrong. My gut tells me we will fight 
in 2025, Meehan wrote, adding all Air Wing commanders, uh, AMC, and other Air Force operational commanders should report major efforts to prepare for a fight with China by February 28th. Quote, the Chinese Communist Party has frankly been at war at every, at very least economic war with the United States for 40 years. And we just turn the other cheek and let them run over us and build their economy on the backs of the American worker, Pompeo said. And so I'm glad to see this memo. Quote, yes, our military should get ready. I don't know if it's 2024, 2025. Is that the moment? But we should be doing the hard work, getting our military space systems, our cyber systems, all of those lined up, and then working our tails off to continue to build on what I write about in his new book, Never Give an Inch. Quote, India, Japan, South Korea, Australia, our partners in the region, the Philippines, we should be working with them to deliver against the Communist China Party, a capacity to deter them from doing precisely what the general wrote about. Quote, it's possible. I do pray that President Joe Biden and his team <laughs> are up to the task. They're not, and they are serious about it. I have seen some evidence that they're working on it, but it's not, not remotely fast enough or seriously enough. No, because they're, they're too, they're too uh, concerned about taking away our energy, having us all have solar panels, and uh, electric cars, so, so John Kerry, who won't even be here in probably the next 10 years, worrying about the next 100 years, and it absolutely does nothing. Does nothing. Does nothing. We do not need to be concerned over global war, over this Green Deal stuff. We don't. It's, it's a money grab. It's a money, it's a power trip control and a money grab situation. Is all it's ever been. And, you know, you may say, well, Kentucky guy, how can you sit there and say that? Okay, tell me this. When was the last time you heard somebody talk about, oh, I don't know, the ozone layer? Yeah, that used to be the big subject uh, when they talked about the Green New Deal and all this crap. Nobody talks about that anymore. Why? Why doesn't anybody talk about that anymore? Why? Well, simple fact is, Scientists went and proved it, that these people were dead wrong about the ozone layer. That's why you don't hear about it anymore. <sighs> okay, next headline. Matt Schlapp to Newsmax. Credit to Newsmax on this article. McCarthy's speakership could last. Political activist and lobbyist Matt Schlapp praised on Newsmax that him in his bid for House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's agreement to the concessions for members of the House Freedom Caucus was politically savvy and strengthened his position. Uh, Slap, chairman of the Americans Conservative Union, told the record with Greta Van Sutton that amid 15 rounds of voting for a speaker, it dawned on McCarthy he could take a different route than former Republican speakers such as Paul Ryan and John Burrow, who thought they could run roughshod over those conservatives in the conference by forcing them to come along with their agenda. So instead of fighting against the stream and his own confidence, McCarthy, who's a very good politician, said, all I had to do was cut a deal. 
And by the way, the deal is, we're all in this together, Jeff told Greta Van Susten. Quote, and now that I got the conservatives working with me, maybe we could stick together on a budget. Maybe we can stick together on getting consensus solution if they do something on the debt limit. So I see McCarthy has a chance to succeed now. Among some of the concessions McCarthy agreed to, according to The Hill, are a church-style commission to look up into the weaponization of the government, such as the FBI, which they got that they have that committee put together now. I cannot wait to see what they find out. A vote to determine uh, term limits. Uh, that's already been brought to the floor. I hope that passes. Single subject bills in 72 hours to read them. Not ominous bills accompanying a slew of earmarks. That's already been passed. The ending of COVID-19 mandates as well as funding for them, including emergency funding. That's been passed. That's why you hear, oh, now Joe Biden is going to do away with the COVID emergency in May. Uh, he has no choice. It's been passed. The committee to investigate the origins of COVID-19. That's been set up already. Commitments to balance the budget in 10 years with debt ceiling increases tied to spending cuts. And they're working on that right now. So he has held true and held faithful to the concessions that he made. He may go down as probably one of the best speakers of the House ever, especially after the disaster we had with Fancy Nancy the last couple of years. So should be should be very, very interesting. Very interesting. Once again, I'm still not a McCarthy fan, but I do think that Trump has control of them. You can kind of see that now with if you open your eyes just a little bit. All right, next headline. Twitter files 15. Mainstream media uh, parroting of political discourse. So on Friday, the journalist Matt Cabby reported that a Washington, D.C. think tank, the Alliance for Securing Democracy, co-opted by neoconservatives and neoliberals, was the source for hundreds, if not thousands, of mainstream media stories about Russian bots running SIPOP uh, campaigns in American politics. But, Tabby pointed out, the think tank's obituary list of Russian bots was overwhelmingly neither Russian nor bots, but often ordinary people branded as such. Oh-hoo. And if you guys aren't following this, these uh, Twitter file dumps, you're really missing out on American history. This is really bringing to light so much stuff that's going to be in our kids' history books and grandkids uh, later on in life. There, there's so, so much. Enter uh, Hamilton's uh, quote, Hamilton 68. Uh, and that's sorry, that threw me off for a minute. Enter Hamilton 68, the think tank's online dashboard, attestably designed for reporters and academics to publish under their reputable institutions, name, numerous and wide-reaching stories about Russian disinformation that the think tank itself knew was based on a contrived list. Speaking on Hamilton 68's bogus mythology for tracking Russian misinformation, Tabby said during his America This Week podcast that there was only one group in the world that had the ability to crack what it was they were doing, and that was Twitter because the social media company was receiving from them what is known as a API request. And that's exactly what they did. Quote, at long last, 
Yolth Roth, Twitter's former head of trust and safety, wrote on October 2017, quote, I've been able to reverse engineer the list of accounts behind the Hamilton 68 dashboard. The Alliance for Securing Democracy people have never been willing to release the list to anyone. The dashboard includes 648 accounts, as opposed to the 600 they claim. The section of accounts is bizarre and seemingly quite arbitrary. They appear to strongly preference pro-Trump accounts, which they use to assert that Russia is expressing a preference for Trump, even though there's not good evidence that any of that accounts they selected are or not actually Russian. Wow! How about that? The Russian-Russia hoax collusion continues to fall apart. That narrative continues to go away. Yeah. You guys feel uh, like you've been betrayed yet? If you haven't, you should. You really should. Once again, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, if they would have left Trump alone for four years, imagine, imagine what more he could have accomplished for this country let alone this country, but for the world. And I'm not just saying him. He had good people around him, okay? For those of you that don't care much for him, I get it. I got it. But still, he was good for the country. Like it or love it, if it wasn't for a few people that were against him and these swamp creatures who caused Antiva and Black Lives Matter to ride and crap like that and put bad taste in our mouth, <laughs> yeah, I could go on. I mean... You guys don't want to hear the. You guys have heard my rant on this before. You don't want to hear this for the rest of the episode. So, okay. So uh, next headline: Mike Pence quote mistakes were made in classifying record handling. So before I get into this one, I want you guys to think back to when the first the FBI first raided President Trump's home and and claimed that he had classified documents. Remember how Mike Pence came out. Strong, strong, right next to Biden, strongly against Trump, saying, how dare him? He's stupid, and whatever he said. Just remember that. I have an episode on here somewhere that where I go over it. Check this out. Former Vice President Mike Pence said Friday that he takes full responsibility after classified documents were found at his Indiana home. Quote, let me be clear about something. Those classified documents should not have been in my personal residence. Pence said at an appearance at Florida International University in his first public comments since the discovery. Mistake, quote, mistakes were made. Pence said, I take full responsibility for the documents being in his position. He said he had directed his counsel to work with the National Archives Department of Justice and Congress and fully cooperate in any investigation. The former vice president said national security depends on the proper handling of classified documents. But he hopes that people realize that he acted swiftly to correct the error. Quote, we acted above politics and put national interest first. Unquote, he said. Yeah, sure you did, Mikey. So let's see here. You have classified documents at your home that were found two years after you've been out of the White House, but you... You think that you had you properly handled the situation for national security? What? Once again, Biden's documents, Pence's documents, why were lawyers looking for them? Why? 
Why, why, why? Was there? I don't know. Once again, just asking for a friend. Were they delivered subpoenas by officials, maybe Durham, and said, look, we know you got them. Go get them. And it brought it out to the public. I don't know. Like I said, a friend of mine just wants to know. Acquiring minds want to know. Next headline. Dick Morris. Left is trying to cut off access to Trump. Political advisor and author Dick Morris told Newsmax on Friday that DirecTV's removal of the conservative network is part of a left-wing strategy to deny the public access to President Donald Trump as the 2024 presidential race begins to heat up. By the way, DirecTV is dropping Newsmax. One of the, I won't say that they're 100% factual, but they're a lot closer than mainstream media and a lot closer than a couple of the other ones. And it's just, it's censorship. Why would they drop them? Why would they drop them? Well, the only network that covers Trump rallies, and this is true, speeches live, like the ones he's going to give tomorrow, this was Friday, is Newsmax, and they're trying to cut them off completely, Moore said. This comes at a time when Trump is surging in the polls, Moore said. He's now 13 points ahead of Ron DeSantis in a two-way race for Republican nomination. He's 11 points ahead of the whole field for the nomination, and he's five ahead of Joe Biden. Moore suggested the best way to send a message is, is not to protest the comp- companies, but to cancel any services with AT&T and DirecTV and to use somebody that believes in free speech. Here's the actions that he did. I think it's important enough. I'm going to go over them. This is what he listed. Actions to take now. DirecTV customers call into their toll-free number at 877-763-9762. Demand that they bring newsbacks back on air. President Trump urges you to cancel. Important. If DirecTV tells you we're still negotiating, that is a lie. They have told Newsmax we will never be on regular cable channel. DirecTV also replaced Newsmax with a channel that has no news and no rating. Also, Newsmax live stream is ending soon on other platforms. So unless you get it on DirecTV, you will have to cancel their service. Number two, AT&T customers. Call toll-free at 1-888-855-2338 for any of their cell phones, wireless products, or services. The man they end their censorship of Newsmax. President Trump, once again, urged you to cancel their services. Number three, call your congressman or senator at, no matter where you're located, as long as you're in the United States, 1-202-224-3121 and demand they stop AT&T DirecTV censorship of Newsmax. Ask them to give you a date on the hearing. Waha. Yeah, so this is serious. Very serious. You know, we've had this battle, it seems like, ever since 2020 on free speech. We've had this battle on our amendment, our constitutional rights. And this is just a part of it. So get involved. You have the numbers. And let's uh, let's do something about this. Next headline. World Health Organization. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
you know, the New World Order people. They declare COVID still a public health emergency in transition. Jeez, oh my, they do not want to give up that control. The World Health Organization said on Monday that COVID-19 continues to constitute a public health emergency of international concern in its highest form of alert. The pandemic was likely in a transition point that continues to need careful management to uh, migrate the potential negative consequences, the agency added in a statement. It is three years since the WHO first declared that COVID represented a global health emergency. More than 6.8 million people have died during the outbreak, which has touched every country on Earth, ravaging communities and economics. So in that 6.8 million, I wonder how many of those deaths were actually the flu and heart failure, because for some reason, those two things didn't show up on that list. So people quit dying from those all of a sudden because COVID come to town? Huh. Once again, just asking for a friend. However, the advert of vaccines, the jab, and treatments has changed the pandemic situation considerably since 2020. The WHO Director General, Tedos Alabaras, has said he hopes to see an end to the emergency this year, particularly if access to the countermeasures can be improved globally. Quote, and do not give credit to the vaccine. Do not. You get the vaccine, you still get the stupid virus. It's stupid. It's stupid. I, I can't believe they think we are just dumb and we don't pay attention. Quote, we remain hopeful that this coming year that the world will transition to a new phase in which we reduce COVID hospitalizations and deaths to their lowest possible level. He told a separate WHO meeting on Monday. Advisors to the WHO expert committee on the pandemic status told uh, Reuters in December that it was likely not the moment to end the emergency, given the uncertainty over the wave of infections in China after it lifted its strict zero COVID measures at the end of 2020, 2022. Sorry. Yeah, so, okay, that's fine, but. But JoJo's got some pressure on him. He can't. He can't. He, he can't. He he give out a date now. He says May. It'll be over May. JoJo's got all kinds of problems. Uh, JoJo, Sleepy Joe, it's so sad. And right here, next headline: Twenty-five U.S. states sue Biden Labor Department over ESG. The suit, which was joined by states such as Texas, Florida, Utah, Virginia, Georgia, Ohio, and Tennessee, claims that Biden administration rule undermines key protections established by the Employee Retirement Income Security Act. On Thursday of last week, an attorney general from 25 states filed a lawsuit against the Labor Department over measures allowing fiduciaries to consider environmental, social, and corporate governance investments in retired funds. The suit, which was joined by states, <laughs> okay, they just repeated themselves there. All right, so the Biden rule, which reverses a policy created under Trump administration, allows for the fiduciaries to weigh in the economic effects of climate change and other ESG considerations in their decision. 
According to Liberty Energy CEO Chris Wright, whose company is among the plaintiffs, that rule makes it harder to protect our workers. Retirement, Social Security, and impedes investment investing in our industry and its ability to provide reliable and affordable energy to our communities. Right, explained to the Daily Wire. The suit comes after Republican State Treasurer divested twelve billion dollars from asset management company BlackRock last year due to their promotion of the ESG movement. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton noted that the rule is a affront to every American concerned about their retirement account and that the Biden administration is now opting to risk the financial security of working class Americans to advance their global, their woke political agenda. Yeah, they don't care about us. I mean, I've said that several times. They don't, they don't, they don't care about us. And they continue to prove that, continue to prove that. Now, last, there's one, I have, I have a couple more headlines, but I really want to go over this one. I've been meaning to talk about it last couple episodes and just haven't been able to keep running out of time. I know we're about out of time on this episode. Here we go. Last headline of the day. And boy, this is, uh, this is, this is, this is, this is disgusting. Lab grown meat could be available in restaurants this year. Let me read that again. So to sink in, lab-grown meat could be available in restaurants this year. Folks, I can't make this stuff up. Once the stuff of science fiction, lab-grown meat could become reality in some restaurants in the United States as early as this year. Executives at a coveted meat companies are optimistic that meat grown in massive steel vats could be on the menu within months after one company won the go-ahead from a key regulator. In a show of confidence, some of them have signed up high-end chefs like Argentina, Francis, Melman, to eventually showcase the meats in their high-end eateries. Coveted meat is devered from a small sample of cells collected from livestock, which is then fed nutritions grown in enormous steel vessels called bioreactors and processed and is something that looks and tastes like real cut of meat. Just one country, Singapore, has so far approved the product for retail sale. But the United States is poised to follow. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration said in November that the COVID meat product, a chicken breast grown by California-based Upside Food, was safe for human consumption. Upside is now hoping to bring its product to restaurants as soon as 2023 and to grocery stores by 2028, executives say. Upside still needs to be inspected by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Food Safety and uh, Inspection Service, and get sign-off from the agency on its label. A USDA FSIS spokesman declined to comment on the inspection timeline. The reports were served as a, a sample, the reporter's, were served a sample of the Upside's chicken during their visit. It tasted just like conventional chicken when cooked, though was somewhat thinner and had more uninformed tan color when raw. But it can't be good. Upside worked with the FDA for four years before receiving the agency's green light in November. 
quote, it's it's a watershed moment for the industry, he said. Whatever. California-based Covenant Meat Company Good, Good Meat, already has an application pending with the FDA, which has not been previously reported. Two other companies, Netherlands-based Mosa Meat and Israel-based Believer Meats, said that they are in discussions with the agency. Company executives told Reuters as well. The FDA declined to provide details of pending COVID meat applications, but confirmed it is taking, it is talking to multiple companies. Regulatory approval is just the first hurdle for making COVID meat accessible to a broad swath of consumers. Executives at Upside, most of the meats believers and good meat told the reporters. The biggest challenge companies face is growing the nascent supply chain for the nutrient mix to feed cells and for the massive bioreactors required to produce large quantities of the covenant meat, executives say. Wow, how about that? How about that? How about that? They want you to eat bugs, and if you can't eat bugs, eat your neighbors. And now, they already mess with our food. They mess with our food more than what any, uh, anybody, than more than you would want to know. Let's put it that way. More than you would want to know. They mess with our food. And you know, I said that that was the last headline, but there's one more thing I want to show you. You guys really, if anybody's listening and you haven't been woken up to what's going on and what they're trying to do to our country, you really, if, if that doesn't, if these articles don't shine a light on today, I don't know what else to say. But right here, let's go out with a bang because this is horrible. One more. The Vermont Supreme Court rules in favor of non-citizen voting. Non-citizen residents may continue to vote in municipal elections in Vermont's capital city of Montepelier. The state Supreme Court ruled Friday stating that such voting in local elections does not violate the state constitution. In its decision on an appeal, the higher court upheld a lower court ruling dismissing the claim. Quote, the statute allowing non-citizens to vote in local Montpierre elections does not violate Chapter 11, 42, because the constitutional provision does not apply to local elections, the Supreme Court wrote. In 2021, the Democrat-controlled Vermont legislative approved two separate bills to change the municipal charters of Montpelier and Winowski, the most diverse community in the state, to allow legal residents who are not U.S. citizens to vote in local elections. Republican Governor Phil Scott vetoed the measures, but the legislator overrode his vetoes. The Republican National Committee filed lawsuits against the two Vermont cities, asking judges to declare non-citizens voting unconstitutional and lost those challenges. Federal law prohibits non-citizens from voting in federal elections, including races for president, vice president, senate, or house of representatives. Wow. So, Montepelier and Winnewski are among more than a dozen communities in a handful of states, including New York City and a number of towns in Maryland that allow non-citizens to vote in local elections. Seven states, including Ohio, have measures banning non-citizen voting in local elections, according to the group for Americans for Citizen Voting. You see what I mean? Vermont has expanded to non-citizens 
in the two Vermont communities after local voters approve. <sighs> wow. And if you don't think, they're already talking about asylum and letting these people who are invading our country, invading our country, vote. They're already talking about it on a federal level. These little states that are doing this right now, they're, they're preparing. They're trying, to, they're trying to prepare you. We cannot let this happen. And I don't know about you, but if it's not from a pig or a hog or a cow, I don't want it in my house. I'm just going to have to be honest about it. I don't want it in my house. Don't want it in the restaurant I go to. Don't want it. Wake up, America. You've been listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Uh, with your host, the Kentucky Guy. God bless and God bless America. Thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to listen to more episodes. Have a great day.